Why don't we just open our Bibles again to Mark 5? I don't know any better place hardly. <laughs> we haven't got everything to say yet. We won't if we stayed a month. There's just so much in the Word. Thank God for the Word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, while you're finding Mark 5, I thought I got to it that last night, but I see I didn't. But uh, if you want to get the best out of what we say, you really should hear what went before. You'll get a whole lot more out of this message tonight if you heard what was said last night. You'll get a whole lot more out of what was said last night if you hear what was said the night before. You'll get a whole lot more out of what was said then if you heard because they're in sequence. And it's all, you can't get it all over just in one message, one hour. Thank God for His Holy Word. Because I did something that, uh, well, I've never done but once till now. And that is just went into detail to really explain. You know, we talk about teachers and preachers. The word preach literally means to proclaim. The word teach means to explain. And uh, sometimes we both sort of preach, teach. Sometimes folks just preach, just proclaim certain truths. But the teacher comes along to explain them. And sometimes you need to go into detail to explain things. And I shared with you some things that the Lord said to me when it appeared to me in a vision many years ago. And uh, th then some things actually that he said, uh, now uh, Fred's talking about on that series of tape there, but see I covered all that in one about an hour. So you only hit high spots. And there's some things that he said that I didn't even tell on there because you couldn't get it all in. But this time, I just simply went into detail and told you exactly what he said. Well, if it's truth, we need to know it, need to walk in the light of it. And thank God we can. I said, thank God we can. Yeah. You know, let's do something a little different tonight. Let's stand up while we read the Word. They did that in the Old Testament, you know, sometime. Amen. You could follow me. As I read, I don't know what translation you have, but they're all good. I'm reading from the King James. And a certain woman who had had an issue of blood, that's the 25th verse of the 5th chapter of Mark. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue, or as the Greek said, power, had gone out of him, turned him about in the press, and said... Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, 
Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Let's bow a moment in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for your precious, holy word. And again tonight, as we approach thy word, we approach it reverently and humbly. We thank you also for the great mighty one, the Holy Spirit, whom thou hast sent to be our teacher and to be our guide. And we trust him to give us utterance tonight that we may speak as of the oracles of God. We trust him, the great mighty helper that you've sent to unveil, to unfold, to reveal the word of God unto our spirits. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we'll give all praise, honor, and glory for everything that's wrought among us unto the worthy and majestic name of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I made mention the last three nights of... uh, the message that I wrote my own title to, the Lord gave to me when he appeared to me in a vision. In 1953, first Friday night of December in Phoenix, Arizona. You remember I said this to you and gave you part of it. I said uh, to the Lord in that vision because he was talking to me about something else. And I asked him if I could ask him a question. And he said, yes. And so I said, well, I have the two sermons or two messages in every crusade that I preach or speak on. One's really a preaching message, the other teaching message. From Mark 5, concerning the woman with the issue of blood, but it seems to me that as I preach in my spirit that the Holy Ghost is trying to get another message over to him. So he gave me that and I gave it to you. Praise God. Now, the first one, all three of those messages came in a supernatural way. I I don't have uh, many that come that way. These three, and once in a while, the Lord, you know, just drops something down in your heart. Uh, Maybe a thought, not a whole outline, or just a thought. But uh, the first one, I was driving my car down the highway to a meeting in Rockwall, Texas. We lived in Garland. I was driving along singing in other tongues. And I had been thinking about this and studying on it. The Bible said, study to show thyself. Paul wrote to Timothy. He was a young minister at that time. Studied to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, and, and so I, I was intended to speak, all right, to read this scripture about the woman with the issue of blood, speak along that line. I didn't have it clear. I, I just had, you know, just had it in my spirit that I should. But I don't know about you, uh, but if, particularly if I'm going to preach. Now, if I'm going to teach, that's a little different. But if I'm going to preach, I, I like to have, sort of have a handle on it, you know, in certain points. And uh, know where I'm going for a start. And then, of course, if the Spirit of God leads me different, well, I just flow with it. And so I was driving along and the Lord dropped that outline I gave to you just down on me. I mean, it's, it's sort of like something came down on me. Almost as real if somebody you know had passed by and th- suddenly throw their 
coat or their cloak over your head and shoulders. Something just came down on me. And I realized it's the Spirit of God. And I just uh, drive along two-lane road, but I whipped over on the shoulder of the road. And I had this card. That's the very card, you see. 34 years ago, this past August, in my Bible and, I, and my pen in my pocket, and so I wrote down. Didn't have any sermon title to it, so I just called it to warm the issue of blood. A destitute condition, an encouraging report, a desperate act, a different touch, and a glorious sequence. And that just gave me a good outline to go by to preach, praise God. Well, now that was August, of the end of August of 1950. In March of 1951, I was preaching down in the state of Alabama. And one night in that meeting, while I was preaching this sermon, in the night service, preaching, preaching, not teaching now, preaching this particular sermon. And I looked down at my Bible, and uh, three words stood up on the page. By that I mean they was in about three times bigger print than the rest of it. I looked at my Bible afterwards, and it's all the same print. God does some things supernatural sometimes. Amen? Even in these areas. And I looked at it again, and there it was. And I looked at it the third time. There those words were. And that's the 28th verse of Mark 5. Just those first three words, for she said. Now, I had always, all of my ministry. See, this is 1951 now. But ever since 1934, when I was healed and raised up from the bed of sickness, acting on Mark, uh, the 11th chapter, and the 23rd and 24th verses, and there where Jesus said, Whosoever shall say, and not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he saith. I'd, I'd always preach from that verse, but I never, never had associated this happening with that, you understand. And uh, so, for she said, and I got me a brand new sermon. I mean, well, it fit in with what you said before, but, uh, but added to it and a little different slant. For she said, and I saw that what she said, see, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And I'd read the whole account, and I knew the 34th verse said, and he said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. So I saw this for the first time. Do you think sometime when I preach that some things I preach I always knew? Well, I'll tell you the truth about it. I was teaching last week, the first-year students on the gifts of the Spirit. Just this past week. Just Thursday. Last Thursday. And I was teaching on the gift of faith, or special faith. And I began to see something about the gift of faith. Our example, if I had special faith, I never saw before. Praise God, we just all had a big time together. Glory to God. Thank God revelation of God's Word comes. Amen. As you walk in the light of the Word. You know, we don't know it all. When you think you know it all, you're in bad shape. When you think that you've arrived, you're in bad shape. Paul himself. Think about it. He wrote half the New Testament. That is from the standpoint, maybe not chapter-wise or word-wise, but book-wise, you know, if you count that he wrote Hebrews, which I believe that he did, one of the main reasons I believe that, I asked Jesus one time when he appeared to him in a vision if he did, and he said he did. Praise God, so that satisfied me. <laughs> Besides that, the language sounds a whole lot like him, doesn't it? 
Can you say amen? amen? Well, somebody said, yeah, but there's some debate in the theological circles whether or not he did or not. Well, let the theologians go ahead and debate and let's walk in the light of revelation and enjoy the blessings of God. Amen. And they'll be left here debating when we're gone. Praise God. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Well, somebody said to me, and what surprised me was that this was a full gospel person, a Pentecostal preacher. Oh, my. But you see, they'd been away to seminary and got their head educated at the expense of their heart. And I was preaching about the spirit of man on that subject, the spirit of man. Well, Proverbs, you know, 2027 20, said, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Paul said, writing to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Son of Man or the Son of God or the Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, and body. And so this person, you know, full gospel, Pentecostal, tongue-talking, but came to me and said, uh, Brother Hagin, uh, you oughtn't to preach that. I said, why? It's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, but he said, the theologians haven't decided yet. Now, in seminary, they taught me, you see, and they've got names for it. I can't even pronounce all of them. <laughs> that man's just a two-part being. He's soul and body, or mind and body. And they haven't decided the, the, the authorities. Who are the authorities? Dumbbells. When it comes to knowing the Bible, studied everything but the Bible. We had a student there one year at Raymond. Now, he didn't tell me this. One of the businessmen there in Tulsa Tope. He had just graduated in May from one of the leading seminaries of the nation and then came to Rhema Bible Training Center. And this businessman, I happened to be in the place of business, this businessman said, you know so-and-so. Well, I don't know all the students by name, but I happen to know this person because I'd known something about him before. He said, he told me, I graduated from college, university, graduated from seminary just last May, started here in September, and in six months' time, I've learned more about the Bible, six weeks' time, I've learned more about the Bible out there at Rhema than I did four years in seminary. Because she studied everything else. Except the Bible. And so this man said to me, uh, you, you know, the, the authorities, the theologians, those that are who are supposed to be authorized, they haven't decided yet for sure which one's right. Well, I said, I don't need them to tell me which one's right. I know the Bible's right. I know man is spirit, soul, and body. The Bible said so. Amen. I don't need any theologian to tell me something. You better wait now. We haven't decided just which way to go here. No, thank God I'm going with the word. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you while I'm at it, I think I'll just go ahead and meddle some more. <laughs> I'll I, I be honest with you, I, I get to, I don't really know for sure whether it's my righteous indignation that gets stirred up 
or whether I just plain get mad about it. So not knowing for sure, I won't let the sun go down on my rant. But I'll tell you, I just almost get mad sometimes. Some of these charismatics get healed. I've had them to come to my meeting and be healed from a terminal disease. Be healed from an incurable condition. Get filled, baptized with the Holy Ghost, speak another tongue, and go back to an old dead church where they tell them that what they got over there is of the devil. Amen. And he, pay money. Pay money. Put their money into something that said what you've got to the devil. I wouldn't put a dime to a bunch like that. I'd come over here. Amen. I'd come over here where the words proclaim. I've seen dear people, oh, you weep about it. I mean, the doctors themselves, medical science, best doctors in the nation, in their field, pronounced them well after they told them they're going to die. I mean, we've done all we could do for them. I'm talking about like cancer, terminal cancer. People that had been right here in Houston, in the MD Anderson Hospital, and the doctors right here said, you've got so many months to live. Come right back to the same hospital, the same doctors couldn't find a trace of it. Not a trace of it. Not a trace of it. Pronounced them well. And they went right back to an old, dead, dry church where there's no faith. A couple of years' time, same thing come back on them. Oh, somebody said there was healing to begin with. The doctors said they were. You know what happened to them? They got around so much unbelief. You need to be around folks where, that believe God. Amen. Where faith's proclaimed. Amen. Amen. Where the word of God goes for. I won't charge anything for that. That's all free. Amen. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Absolutely the truth. Well, yeah, but Mama was a member over there and Grandma. Well, thank God for Mama and Grandma. They walked all the light they had and God blessed them. But now then you've got further revelation and light. You're required to walk in the light of that. Can you say amen? amen. How come me to get off on that? Well, it's good anyway, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I'll tell you. If you're going to stay strong in faith and in healing particular and walk in health, and God not only wants us to be healed, he wants us to walk in health. Now, I was healed as a young Baptist boy. I didn't know about healing. Never heard it preached. And, and, and I still didn't know healing like I know it now. I just simply got a little gleam of light from Mark eleven twenty four, in connection with prayer and faith. And as a Baptist boy reading Grandma's Methodist Bible, as a teenager, prayed the prayer of faith for myself and was raised up from a deathbed. Healed of two serious organic heart troubles, a body totally, practically totally paralyzed, and an incurable blood disease. I don't know what it was. Dr. Robertson just said to me, I, I asked him. I said, Doctor, the other doctors didn't tell me anything. Dr. Mathis, Dr. Wolford, Dr. J.C. Irvin Sr., Dr. W.S. Wysong Sr., and then Dr. Dr. Robertson's the fifth doctor on the case. And I said, Dr. Robertson, is there something wrong with my blood? 
or is there something wrong with my eyesight? When Dr. Mathis took blood to get a blood test from the end of my finger, my blood didn't look red. It looked orange color to me and sort of watery-like. Dr. Robin said, son, I'll be honest with you and just tell you the truth about it. If you didn't have the heart condition, if you didn't have the paralysis, he said, I'll just explain it to you in layman's terms. This incurable blood disease would prove to be fatal to you. Go down the middle of the road and stay ready to go. Now, he was a member of the same church I was, First Baptist Church. And so he said, and he had seen things happen, so he said, unless a higher power intervenes, you have to die. Well, it wasn't a matter of a higher power intervening. He'd already intervened and sent Jesus and gave us the Word of God. Praise God. It is that I got into the Word. But I had to stand alone. I mean, as a 17-year-old, I started preaching 50 years ago at 17. And I've been preaching ever since then. And I've had what I call 50 years of divine health. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not attacked. Certainly Satan will attack you. But praise God, healing works. I certainly believe if you need help, in fact, I've bought medicine for people and sent them to the doctor. And thank God for good Christian doctors. If I needed an aspirin, I'd take it. But I haven't even had an aspirin in 50 years. I don't need an aspirin. Haven't had a headache. Last headache I had is August 1933. Too late to start having headaches now. Say it out loud. God's Word works. God's Word works. Now, I just had to stand alone, and that's not easy. Uh, sometimes I get, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to relate to some of these Christian young people. Well, somebody said, yeah, but they had no training. I didn't either. Well, I'd been to Sunday school and church, but all I'd ever heard is Jesus saved. Well, thank God for that. I knew he saved, but I hadn't been taught anything. I mean, the way they prayed for the sick, you know, they, Lord, remember the sick. <laughs> As though he had forgotten. <laughs> you remember Brother Osteen? So, once in a while, somebody would venture to say, some preacher prayed, Baptist prayed, Lord, heal him if it's your will. If it's not, let him go ahead and die. <laughs> now, they didn't add that last part, but you could read it in the sound of their voice. <laughs> Amen. And if any of them ever got healed, I didn't know it. And nobody else knew it. And, and, I, and as a 17-year-old, I just had to stand alone. But thank God I stood, praise God. Because I'll tell you, I'd got into this book in that 16 months I was bedfast. I'd got into it and got it in me. And I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how to relate to these young people and their problems. You know, I had the same temptation, but I just breezed through it. I'd just run over temptation. Don't stand around there and mess with it. I'd just practice what the Bible said. It said, count it all joy and you fall into the diver's temptation. When I was tempted, that means test and trials. And of course, tempted to do wrong is a test and trial. When I was tempted, I'd stand there and laugh at the devil as a Baptist. <laughs> Didn't anybody else I know of do that? I said, he said, count it joy. Hey, man, just as long as I'm tempted, the more I'm tempted, the more I'm going to shout. The more I'm going to praise God. Glory to God. Never heard of anybody praising God. I never heard anybody praise God except myself. 
but ever since I'd been saved, I'd praise the Lord. And I'd just praise my way right on through. Every test that came up, where others, you know, they'd go to cry, and oh, the devil's been after me all the week, bless his holy name. <laughs> Amen. That's what one lady actually said. Amen. And, and I'll be honest with you, I never had any problem. They're there. Don't misunderstand me. They cropped up everywhere. Some folks said, yeah, you didn't have what they have today, though. Oh, they said the same thing back there in 1934 and the mid-30s, 35, they're saying today. They said back there then. They told me, and I wouldn't believe it, that all the young people was going to the dogs. That's what they said. They all going to the dogs. And I said, no, they're not. They're not all going to the dogs because I ain't a-going. <laughs> they told me back there in 1934, 1935, the devil's going to take over the world. He's going to take over everything. I said, not as long as I'm here, he's not. I'm just Baptist. <laughs> not as long as I'm here, he's not going to take it over. Because, you see, he'd have to take the church over before he could take over the world. He'd have to take me over. Not because I'm somebody, but because God made me somebody. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, some full gospel people came to our town, put up a tent, started a meeting. I didn't pay attention to them. Didn't mean a thing in the world to me. I was busy going to school and going and, and in church work, working for God. And I found out they believed in divine healing. Man, I went out to meet them. Just like this, some long lost kinfolks. <laughs> Amen. It's a good. Oh, it felt so good. Man, I'd been standing alone out there like a sore thumb. The pastor, our pastor said, you know, I'd, I'd testify about being healed. And even Dr. Roberts, who was a member of the same church, said it's a miracle of God. The medical doctor, member of the same church, said it's a miracle of God. I went into his office after I was raised up to thank him. He introduced me to his nurse, said, I want you to see our miracle boy. But the pastor said, the poor boy stayed in bed so long it affected his mind. <laughs> you can see what they thought about it, you know. Man, it felt so good to get around those full gospel people that had faith, that believed in healing, that believed in faith, that believed in the power of God. Oh, I tell you, I felt right at home until they got talking about tongues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just sort of shut my ear to that when they said tongues. I said, oh, now I believe in the Holy Ghost, but not that tongues business. <laughs> but I'll just keep coming. I went every chance I got. I was working in another church, but every time the, I wasn't busy here, I went there. Their doors was open. I was, I was one of the first ones there and the last one to leave. Amen. Because you just soaked up something, you see. And... Uh, I said, I'll put up with a little fanaticism to have a little fellowship around faith. But one fellow down in East Texas said, this is sort of like a slippery creek bank. You keep fooling around, you'll slip in. <laughs> Amen. And I did. I just kept fooling around. There's some folks here tonight that don't know it, but they're just about to slip in. I slipped in. Amen. Amen. I was healed. I was born again the 22nd day of April, 1933, Saturday night, 20 minutes to 8 o'clock, 
in the south bedroom of 405 North College Street in the city of McKinney, Texas. After 16 months bed fast, I was healed on the eighth day of August, about 10.30 in the morning, the front bedroom of 903 East Greenville Street in the city of McKinney, Texas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues on the eighth day of April, 19, second Thursday of April, 1937, in the living room of the Full Gospel Pastor, 309 North Chestnut Street in the city of McKinney, Texas, at eight minutes past 6 p.m. <laughs> I know. When I started talking in tongues, I opened my eyes and looked at my watch. I was a pastor out there in the country, a Baptist boy preacher, and I had a dollar watch, one of those West clocks. I don't know why they called them a dollar. You never did have to give a dollar for them. I mean, you know, the, I mean, the retail price on it said 89 cents, sometimes 79. Once in a while, when they put on a sale, they'd sell them for 59. I even bought one, I think, for 49 on sale. And so when I started speaking with other tongues, I opened my eyes and took out that dollar watch and looked at it, you know. It said eight minutes past 6 p.m. You know, the Bible said to watch and pray. <laughs> Didn't it? That may be a loose tra translation of that. And I spoke in tongues for an hour and a half, sang three songs in tongues. And every day since 1937 till this present hour, I always speak in tongues every day, sing in tongues, worship God in the spirit. Praise God forevermore. Well, of course, I received the left foot of fellowship from among the Baptists. <laughs> now, it's not so bad in some quarters nowadays. Bad enough, but not bad as it used to be. I mean, you'd had it. So I came over among the Pentecostals. But thank God for fellowship to the ability and the, the privilege to fellowship with people of like precious faith. Can you say amen? amen. You need that. Amen. You're going to have to have it amen. if you're going to make it. Amen. amen. Well, I won't charge you anything for that, but that's all free. Praise God. Now, let's get back here. <laughs> for she said, you think you always knew that. I didn't always, I, I knew Mark eleven twenty three. But I didn't see that from this story. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes. Now look at the 34th verse. And he said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Can you see it? I saw it that night. Never seen that before. Came as real revelation to me. In March of 1951, down in Alabama, preaching in a little assembly of God church. I saw this. What she said was her faith speaking. What she said was her faith speaking. I saw that's exactly what happened to me on the bed. I began to say, I believe I received healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And it came to pass. Now, Proverbs chapter 6, I began to work on that then. I'd heard a Baptist preacher preaching on the radio out of Dallas. I live there at McKinney. I heard him say this. He may have been quoting somebody else. I don't know. He didn't say. He just said it. And, and he's preaching a pretty good uh, positive message. Then I heard a woman preacher, Pentecostal preacher, preaching out of Dallas on the radio. And she said it. And I, I, I never forgot it. I wrote it down. 
She said, uh, and she used Proverbs 6, 2, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. The margin said, thou art taken captive with the words of thy mouth. And both the Baptist preacher, man, and the Pentecostal woman said, you said you could not, and the moment you said it, you were whipped. You said you did not have faith, and doubt rose up like a giant and bound you. You're imprisoned with your own words. You talked failure, and failure held you in bondage. What you say, dear friends, is your faith speaking. Are you listening to me? So then, ne ne never talk defeat. Defeat doesn't belong to us. Glory to God. Victory belongs to us. That doesn't mean you're not going to have any tests. Certainly not. As Smith Wigglesworth said, great victories come out of great battles. Great faith comes out of great tests. Amen. But never talk defeat. Never talk failure. You talk about your trials, and we've all had them, and your difficulties, and your lack of faith, and your lack of money, and your faith will shrivel. But if you'll talk about, what are you going to talk about then? Well, you're going to talk about God, your Father. You're going to talk about how big He is. You're going to talk about the Word of God. You're going to talk about what the Word of God has to say about you. I think that's one thing that made the difference between me and other young people, even though I was Baptist, knew nothing about being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking other tongues, but I was born of the Spirit and had the Spirit of God residing in my spirit, for His Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. It's one thing to be born of the Spirit and another thing to be filled with the Spirit. But on the bed of sickness, I got a hold of this verse actually... Now, you think I got it from somebody else, but you know, uh, uh, Mr. Kenyon has a lot to say about this. But I, I started doing that before I ever heard. I mean, 17 years before I ever heard of Mr. Kenyon. I started on the bed of sickness, of looking up those scriptures in the New Testament, in him, in whom, and in Christ. I heard a Methodist preacher preaching on the radio station when I was bedfast, KRLD, out of Dallas. KRLD's still there, you know. I don't know that they have any religious programs on, maybe on Sunday. But this Methodist minister had a little daily devotion-like, you see, on that station. And, and he... Uh, used one of those scriptures, you know, just, just a little thing, you know, a little, little devotion like, I guess, or, you know, just a you know, little thing. And, and, and he just made one statement. See, sometimes you make a statement, but God will use that different to open your heart. He made that statement, you know, he just simply used the, the verse, uh, what the verse he used uh, was in this same fifth chapter of Second Corinthians, but not the 17th. 17th verse said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away, behold, all things become new. He used the 21st verse, uh, where it said, he, Him who knew no sin, see, he was talking about Jesus, Him who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we may, might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Amen. Now, he spent most of his time talking about Jesus, and thank God that's what people a lot of time on the radio need to hear, all right, and that he was made sin. 
But right on the tail end, somewhere or another, uh, and that's what registered on me, he hooked in there, uh, you know, that we might be made the righteous God in him. And he said it to a, made a, a statement maybe similar to this. I, did, I don't remember words, but I know what I got. Uh, it would pay you to go through the New Testament and look up all of those in him scriptures. I started doing it. I got that from a Methodist preacher. I started doing it. I started doing it. Back there on the bed. In him. In whom? In Christ. And I got a hold of that 17th verse. When I came off of that bed of sickness at 17, healed by the power of God, a Baptist boy, I told everybody I met who I was. I'm a new creature. I mean, even people belong to the same church I did. I told them I'm a new creature. They said, a new what? <laughs> They've never heard that. Isn't that strange? People gone to Sunday school and church all their life, never heard. Believers never heard if they really had been born again that they're new creatures. All scriptures might have been used, but it just never had dawned on them, I don't guess. But I'll tell you, so many of these people weren't saved. I mean, they were church members, but they'd cuss just like sinners cuss. I know I heard them. They'd drink just like everybody else. They'd tell vulgar jokes just like everybody else. They'd lie just like everybody else. I know. I'm not making it up. I know. I didn't say all of them did. I said so many that I knew did. And I'd tell them I'm a new creature. And I'd take off from there talking about who we are in Christ. And these are church members. And they'd say to me, could I be a new creature? See, there's already church members. Sure you can. I said, How? And I'd tell them how. Lead them to the Lord right on the street. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I told everybody I met. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I remember a friend of mine. His name was Clarence. But we all called him Lefty because he is left-handed. And uh, before I got sick, he and I were just bosom pals. You see one of us, you saw the other one. He came to see me three months after I was bed fast and never did come anymore. You know, the world soon forgets you. That's one reason I can't get away from that. I don't know what's wrong with me. That's one reason everybody needs to get into a good church. Amen. Because then if trouble comes, crisis comes, and they come. That's life. You've got people around you who know you. You've got people around you who love you. You've got people around you who knows how to help you. No wonder the Bible said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is. Amen? Amen. And so, you know, he came to see me. I'd been bed fast, well, really, four months. He came by to see me just a few minutes and left. Never did come to see me anymore. The world soon forgets you. But I was healed on Tuesday, the eighth day of August, 1933. Saturday, I walked to town. Those depression days, country town, everybody came to town on Saturday. I mean, you know, around the courthouse square, they're so thick you can't hardly stir them with a stick. <laughs> Amen. And then down on what we used to call, when I was a little boy, they called it the jockey lot because they come in in their wagons and park their horses and wagons down there. They turned it into a parking lot. And even in 1934, some farmers still came to town in their wagons. So across the street is to where the wagons were and the cars is parked over here now. So I ran into Lefty. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Here he went. Shook hands with me. We sat down on the running board. 
of a 1934 V8 Ford. Now, see, that dates you. You have to interpret that to those Bible school students. They don't even know what a running board is. <laughs> Amen. Cars nowadays don't. I mean, how many of you know what a running board is? How many of you don't? To see your hat. Well, the Bible said, let him that's ignorant be ignorant still. So we'll just, we'll, we'll just go on here. No. So a lot of folks here, John, don't, don't you, are those your folks? Or haven't you taught them how to run? <laughs> well, nowadays we don't have them, but you see between the front fender and the back fender, there's a, there's a board there. You step on up on that to get into the car. And then that's why they originally made it a board. And then they made it out of metal. We sat down on that. He began to talk about things that we had done. Now, you see, I was physically handicapped. I couldn't run, fight, do things others could do. But you know, there's something about human ego that you want you know, people to know you can do something somebody else can't. You know, show off how boys will do. Of course, you boys don't know a thing about anything like that. Girls either. And so I couldn't excel in, in sports. I couldn't fight. I couldn't do anything, but I always had, I don't know how I had them. Just so, sort of a natural talent with me. I could open any lock. I don't know why locks intrigued me. And I could tame any animal. Even a wild animal. Just an in, in, inherent ability, some way or another. I remember two blocks from us where we lived, the folks had a, 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 a big vicious dog. And in fact, it, we didn't have all the city ordinances. You see, back there in the mid-30s, we do now. You know, they passed most all of them since then. <laughs> but anyway, the, the city finally made him. They had to send that dog to the, after he'd bit several people, had to send him to the farm, to the country. But my oldest brother, Dub, I mean, that, that dog bit him. <laughs> and, and I said to him, well, he won't bite me. You watch this. I, I go by there every day, walk right by that place every day. I said, the trouble with you is what you do, you're afraid of it. And dogs or any wild animal can sense when you're afraid. And I said, you get on the other side. Yeah, I walk on the other side of the road far away from his guy. And I said, I always, when he runs at me, I walk towards him. He comes just a barking to me and I go towards him. I don't go away from him. And he'll run right up, just smell around my pants leg and leave me alone. Everybody else, he chases them. <laughs> I remember my mother had a big yellow cat. I don't know what happened to her. I think it got run over or something. So my grandmother, my grandmother, they was a stray cat. I, I think maybe it must have, somebody must have must have uh, been very mean to it because, you know, you couldn't pet it anything, but she'd feed it every day. And finally, she got to where she could pet it. And so she wants to get her another cat. So she put that cat in the sack and sent it over there to Mama. And Dub took it over there, my oldest brother, two years older than me, and he dumped that cat out, out of that sack, you know, in the, in the kitchen. And that cat, I don't guess, been in the house, you know, because... <laughs> for I don't know how long, somebody had abused us up. And I'll tell you, that cat climbed the walls and run him out of there, jumped on him. And, and he's standing out in the yard afraid to go in. Everybody's outside the house. They won't go in. 
And I come up, you know, and I said, what's the matter? They're all standing outside. I thought, what's happening here? Everybody's standing outside. What happened? Well, he said, Granny got that cat and said, uh, I bought over here and emptied it out of that sack. Said, I'll tell you, just climb the wall and climb me. <laughs> and everybody, run everybody out of the house. Oh, I said, I'll go in there and carry that cat out in my arms. Oh, I'll tell you, he didn't have these depressions. They didn't have much. I, he, he looked in his pocket. Well, he said, I'll tell you, if you do, I'll, I'll give you that knife and this dime. That's all he had. Fortunate to have that. I mean, you'd work all day long I, for a dollar in those days. In fact, as a little kid, I worked all day long for a dime. All day long for 10 cents. Some of you folks, you know, had it so easy, you need to go through a few things, teach you something. You'd learn how to appreciate something then. Won't charge you anything for that one either. That's free. So, I went in, talked to the cat for a while. Cat found out I wasn't afraid of it. Picked it up in my arms, came carrying him out. Dub said, I'd be seen thing I've ever seen. Walked off. I never did get the pocket knife or the dime either. <laughs> never have to this day. Next time I see him, I'll remind him of that. Still owes me a pocket knife and a dime. Amen. But I, I could always open any lock. And that's one thing left is talking about. We didn't have as good uh, locks and as sophisticated locks as we have nowadays. I don't know. I haven't worked on them for years, so I don't know what I can do. <laughs> sure has come in handy a time or two, though. I remember my wife and I, we, uh, we lived, last church we passed down in East Texas, 19 and 46 through 49. My hometown, McKinney, it, it came a tornado through there in 47, so we went up there to look over the damage, and, you know, it was late at night, and I said, Let's go by and, and spend the night with the full gospel pastor. He was a friend of ours. And I don't know, there's out of town, I guess, because the parsonage was locked. My wife said, what are we going to do? I said, well, let's just go in and uh, spend the night. So I unlocked the door. We went in and spent the night. I said, it'll be all right with him. And then I locked it back. I didn't have any key. How'd you do it? Well, I'm not going to tell you. You might get out doing that. I said, don't pay. So I... Uh, so I wrote him a note and thanked him for the use of his bed. We went on back home. <laughs> Another time we went by, we was holding a meeting in there, and we went by to visit a pastor friend in the daytime because we had to get back for meetings, and the parsonage was locked. I don't know where they were. So we opened the door, went in. He had a desk there in the living room. <laughs> Didn't have a study in his parsonage, I mean, or in his church. And so I just sat out the desk and wrote him a note, said, Dear Brother So-and-So, we came by to see you, saw you weren't at home, and uh, asked God's blessings on him, signed it, left, locked the door. He went, how'd you get that in? Oh, I said, I, I sent that by an angel. I said, you know, they can, they can just walk right through doors. You know, he's about to swallow that. Yeah, he's about to swallow that. Look like a seeker. Amen. No, I unlocked the door and locked it back. Say, how'd you do that? I'm not going to tell you. Most of them was real easy in those days. Even, even, even locks on stores. 
<laughs> very easy to unlock them. And what Lefty is talking about was, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd unlocked the door or something, and the boys went in. Of course, we were just 13 years old. See, that's four I got saved. I was 15 I got saved. I was about 13 and a half. And they went in and got some candy. You know, that's all we was after. Didn't, didn't know anything else existed. We never did get any candy except Christmas time. And so they went in and stole some candy. Came back out. Didn't, I didn't fool to lock the door back. Just leave it open there. And uh, of course, now I didn't go in or steal any candy either. Because uh, mama taught me it's wrong to steal. So I, I, I didn't steal any candy. And besides that, you know, these were depression days and, and it's darkness. So they didn't do like they do now, leave lights on. Because you've got to save all the money you can, you see. Maybe one little dim light. And besides that, I was afraid of the dark. And they'd grope their way in there because they knew where the candy counter was. And of course, now, I didn't help them eat it after they got it. And he's just laughing about that, you know. And uh, I just sat there with a mask-like look on my face like I didn't even know what he's talking about. He said, what's the matter with you? I said, nothing. Well, he said, you act like you don't even know what I'm talking about. And then he started laughing again. And he pointed down to a building about a half a block away. You, you, you remember that night? And we got this and that, you know. Don't you, you, you remember that? Both hadn't been for you, we couldn't have done it. And he looked at me again and he said, what's the matter with you? You act like you don't even remember that. You act like you don't know. And I was doing that purposely, see, because I wanted him to open the door for me to testify to him, see. And I said, well, Lefty, uh, the fellow, it was just you boys that night's dead. Oh, he said, you didn't die. I know you nearly died, but you didn't die. That's you, Kenneth Hagin, sitting right there on that running board. No, I said, you're just looking at the house I live in. That's the same body, but I said, the man on the inside is a new man. The man on the inside, 2 Corinthians 5.17, says it's become a new creature. I told everybody I met, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. Remember a friend of mine, well, a friend of mine, he used to send it, still a friend of mine. I tried to help him all I could and never was able to. But he came along, I was, I don't know, where I was on my way somewhere and passed him on the street. He stopped me and said, Kenneth, would you do me a favor? Well, knowing him, I said, I'll have to know what it is first. <laughs> well, he said, you know my girlfriend? That was the problem. I knew of her. Uh, there's not anybody in town had a worse reputation than she did. Well, he said, her cousin is visiting her from out of town, and I promised her I'd bring a date for that cousin, and I haven't been able to find anybody, and I'm 40 minutes late, and if I don't show up somebody, you know her, don't you? I said, yeah, I know. He said, she's liable to whip me. She'll probably knock me in the head with something, <laughs> cuss me out. I mean, she was a toughie. I'll tell you that right now. Would you just do me a favor? And, and go along, because now, now her cousin's a good girl. I know because she told me she was. She's a good girl. And I promise you, we won't dance, we won't drink, we won't curse. In fact, he said, I won't even smoke a cigarette. And you won't have to, we won't stay long. I, I just want to fulfill my obligation to keep him getting whipped. 
because she's liable to knock me in the head of the rolling pin. Well, I said, all right, if it'll help you, I'll go along. So we went. But you know the devil's a liar. Children of the devil just act like their father. They'll lie too. We hadn't hardly got there until they got them a bottle of beer out of the refrigerator. We didn't have uh, refrigerators, really, ice boxes. You know? And, and then they, they, they we, we, you know, didn't have all this stereo, but they had a, they had a, you know, one of these crank, you know, Victrola, you know. You know anything I'm talking about? Crank that up and put a record on. And him and her started dancing. And this cousin asked me to dance. I said, no, I don't dance. She said, why? I said, I'm a new creature. She said, a new what? And you know, they didn't have those long play records like they do now. I mean, those things just played through in a hurry. While that thing was playing through, I preached her on a bit. She's just a crying tear. I don't mean to tear it to her. They're dripping off. She said, could I, could, could I be a new creature? Sure, said you can. How? Told her how. Glory to God. I told everybody I met. See, what you say is your faith speaking. You understand what I'm saying to you? I told everybody I met. Now, don't talk sickness. You talk sickness, it'll develop sickness in your system. Talk health. Talk healing. See, I had to preach the same thing to my relatives that I do to you. I kept telling my mother, bless her darling heart, every time I'd go home from a meeting right down here in Houston, Mama would say, son, pray for me. I just believe I've got cancer. Well, I said, Mama, you don't have cancer. Probably the next time you come in, I'll be in the hospital. <laughs> now I said, quit talking that way. You've been to the doctor for a checkup. Not a thing in the world wrong with you. Can't find a thing. Yeah, but I just believe I've got cancer. I said, you keep believing for it and talking it and you'll get it. You don't ever hear me talk sickness. No. And so I said, I'm never sick. You don't ever hear me talk about going to the hospital. No. Well, I said, now quit talking that away. She is saved, all right. And even went to a full gospel church. Now, she'd never been filled with the Holy Ghost. Spoke with other tongues. But she's not opposed to it. She just somewhere or another hadn't got right instructions about receiving. And so... She kept saying that over a period, and I couldn't talk her out of it. Over a period, what would you say, hunt five years? Maybe six or seven years? And went in one day, and she's got cancer. Well, I've been knowing it for years. <laughs> and had to go to the hospital and have an operation. You see, she got exactly what she said. This woman got exactly what she said. Are you listening to me? I had to tell her the same truth to do. One great blessing came out of it, though. She got to listen to Brother Osteen. He was on the radio back in the day. He just got the baptism. You know, he was a Baptist boy. And, of course, she is raised up Baptist. In fact, she, like I said, she's going to full gospel church, but she's still Baptist. Baptist bred, Baptist red, Baptist dead. Ba oh, oh, she wasn't dead, but I mean, I don't know what all he said. But anyway, I mean, they're going to stay there. She's not going to change. But one day I went in home, went to visit her. I'd been back off a meeting. She said, you know what? I said, what? She said, I I've been hearing that fellow Osteen. 
You know, she's old now, about, oh, I don't know, 70-something. I said, you have? Yeah, I said, he's preaching on the Holy Ghost. I said, you know what? I said, what? She said, you know, listen to him. I got to where I can talk pretty good in them tongues myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Only reason she listened to it was because he said he's Baptist. <laughs> he helped a lot of folks, praise God, and hindered a lot more. Some of them got glad and some of them got mad. <laughs> but the truth still prevails. Amen. For she said, everybody said out loud. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I, touch his clothes I, shall be whole. I shall be whole. And Jesus said, and Jesus said daughter, daughter, thy faith, thy faith has, made has made thee whole. So what she said, was her faith speaking. speaking. And she got got exactly what she said. said. I can have what I say because what I say say is my faith speaking. speaking. I believe it in my heart heart. so I'll say it with my mouth. mouth. When you lay hands on me tonight I'll be healed. healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Miston Brevi, Christo Crati, Gananglo Zdabri, Fristo Stofri Pefi, Zuston Brevene Crati, Etsk, Einsk, Monskadi, Leskadeko, Aleskadai, Yona. Do not take the things that you have heard lightly, nor let them pass you by, but open your mind, your ears, and your heart. Unto my sayings, saith the Lord of hosts, and believe it in your heart, and say it with your mouth, and it shall surely come to pass, and thou shalt have cause for much rejoicing. Hallelujah. That's what the Spirit of God is saying. Mambro satole frepi for a duste. Riandele criti ki achkasta kala gladjugolo dogale biviando. Ali kekre husto horinengeda ala shohore di froho golo bavani. Eskada kapakach. But some have said, I've heard that before. I don't know whether it's so or not. Yea, saith the Lord of hosts, open thine heart and mind unto my word and declare from thine heart thy word is truth. And it is true because thy word doth declare it to be so. And accept the word and walk in the light of it and begin to think in line with my holy written word and begin to believe in line with my holy written word and begin to speak or to say and all that the word is declared shall become thine, and thou shalt be glad and rejoice. And not only will thou be blessed, but thy family shall be blessed, and those around about thee shall be blessed, and thou shalt be a blessing unto many, and many shall rise up in that day and call you blessed, because you were a blessing unto them. Walking in the light of the word, Walking in the truth will certainly bring riches and joy unto you. Hallelujah. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. 
Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Now, every head bowed, every eye closed. That concludes this message. For more information about Kenneth Hagen Ministries, call 1-888-283-2484 or visit our website at www.rhema.org or write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150-0126. And in Canada, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 335, Station D, Etobicoke, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, M9A4X3.